the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's free agency edition of the Spot Track Podcast, brought to you as always by The Athletic, writing ridiculous articles for every single contract we, I've put in, in all day long. We've got guys grading articles, we've got trades that have been graded. I understand that most of this isn't official yet, but you know we're treating it as such until it isn't. And it sure looks like the people at The Athletic are doing their homework and uh, giving you plenty to read with all of this stuff. And, and why not? It's the only game in town right now. The NFL is the, uh, the solo car on the train rolling down the track. And boy, did it come with a load of steam today. Plenty to talk about. Uh, and, and of course, you know, it's eight, a little after 8 p.m. Eastern. So this isn't slowing down for me either. There's contracts coming in as I speak. I'm going to do my best to throw in those at the end of this conversation as much as possible. I'm going to bring in Scott Allen, who's been kind of the right-hand man here for all of this, keeping things active and alive and, and data flowing our way. But, uh, yeah, we're going to run through as much of this as possible, team by team for the most part, plenty of trades and extensions to get to. Um, and let's bring in Scott right now because here's how I want to open with this. Uh, we have plenty of back and forth in Spot Tracks world that uh, – Look, there's not many places we can turn to for answers. So when we have a situation like this, and this has been maybe three, four years that we've had this conversation, Scott, welcome to the show. Let's uh, let's continue what we were what we were discussing offline here because I think it's worth getting out there. Uh, we 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 manage a lot of these sports, and many of these sports have these little moratoriums, these tampering periods where players can reach out and agents are doing their due diligence to figure out who's interested, what the numbers are, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, they go back to the current team and say, this is, this is the number we're getting. Are you in? Um, and many times the answer is yes. We've seen, you know, a, a dozen or so players re-sign today with their current team at a really nice price. So here's the question I'm going to pose to you, and I posed it to you before. Is a, is a contract signed today for a player to stay with his current team, an extension or a free agent signing? Had they signed or agreed upon yesterday or Friday, <laughs> then yes, I would say then it would be an extension. So but because we're in the moratorium, you, you qualify this as the, as the official start of free agency in terms of our data. Uh, I, I, I would because, I mean, you think about it in the NBA. They have the same situation. Now it starts – it used to be July 1. Now it's June 30th. And uh, any of those players can – they can talk to any team that they want. Nothing is legal until seven days after that, uh, July 6th. So, so, I mean, there's all the talking in there. So I, I would say yes. It's, you, it's made the point, you made the point offline that – the reason you, you feel this way is that players have had, you know, time to get these extensions done. You know, if Dak Prescott wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy two weeks ago, he could have agreed to the contract and, and, and locked in that extension. Uh, now, you know, I, let's say he wasn't franchise tagged and he signed the extension today. You, you would consider that a free agent contract. Let me play devil's advocate. Uh, our good buddy, Andrew Brandt, the... Uh, you know, the jack of all trades in this industry, he's done everything for the NFL, front office and all that. This is his go-to line, deadline spur actions, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. and, yes. and if we're thinking of it in this term, the deadline is Wednesday. Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern is the official start of the league year. It's when all of these free agent contracts and these trades can officially process. I mean, you know that, that well. So why wouldn't Eric Armstead signing a contract with the 49ers today just be, all right, we're getting close to the, uh, to the finish line here. We're a day and a half away from this thing becoming official, you know, and you, and you actually being able to go and physically sign somewhere else. So we got to get this done right now. I, I understand that teams can talk and that other offers can come in. So in that regard, it's a loose free agency, but I, I, I'm still 50-50. We've talked for four minutes now, and I still don't have a clear-cut answer. Um, I, think, I think what it may come down to is what is the official time, date that it is signed? If it is signed right now, okay, we have a different conversation maybe. I have if Eric Armstead's contract in Track right now, fully broken out. Okay. So is that so, an extension? Mm, 
Yeah, that's that's a great point. Uh, yeah, I guess in a way it would be. I can tell you uh, right now. I can tell you right now that the that the NFLPA designates this as a veteran renegotiation. Mm, that's interesting verbiage. <laughs> uh huh. Versus a free agent FA status. So I guess in your case, then it would be it should be considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, an extension and then Loosely. if uh, uh, right, a loose extension, I, I think it, it would definitely be based on that date time of when it's signed. I mean, if there's a guy who's th- says, um, I'm signing an extension with my right. quote unquote extension in this tampering with the same team that they were coming from and they didn't actually physically sign it, say they didn't physically sign until Friday, then it would be a true free agent signing. Right. And let's transition. Let's transition on that thought a little bit, because I do want to get a couple more points out there before we dive into this mess of, you know, this chaos that we went through today. Um, look, I know that the Dolphins are reportedly going to going to release Rashad Jones. I know that the Jets are reportedly going to release going to release Tremaine Johnson. There has been no official filing to the NFL that those moves have happened. So even though you know I've had people clamoring, you know, you still got Tremaine Johnson on the Jets. I, this is the conversation that I want I want to have with these people is that until it happens, until the NFL says it's happened, we have to be very careful about processing these kind of moves because, yeah. for instance, the Tremaine Johnson move. I was positive it wasn't going to happen right away because it's a terribly structured contract. It's, it's a bust of a free agent contract. There's a ton of dead cap associated with it. And up until two days ago, when the CBA was not ratified yet, there was no post-June 1st release. And my guess was the Jets were simply waiting out that vote to be able to say, all right, now we can at least have the option to designate him a post-June 1st release and split this dead cap up a little bit. So that's a perfect example of why Jermaine Johnson wasn't officially released, even though 97 beat reporters said, this guy's going to get cut. We all know he's getting cut. He's been one of the worst Jets signings in the history of the franchise, all right? But you're right. It's the timing. The timing is very, very important with a lot of these moves. Um, And just just to piggyback off that, all these crazy trades we're about to talk about, nothing official. March 18th, 4 p.m., when Shefty will have 97 moves on his, on his return button on his computer, and those tweets will come flying out at us. That's when they become official. That's when we'll see him on the NFL um, transaction wire. But, yeah, it's just minutiae right now. So yeah. I, I see we, Eric Armstead. You know, I, ha- I get a full breakdown for the Eric Armstead contract with the 49ers. That's a processed contract. I, 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 it's two days before the official league starts, so I'm going to classify that as an extension. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. The more you talk that out. And uh, on top of that, I mean, we went through the same situation in NBA free agency last off season with the Anthony Davis situation. Right. It was all about that timing. Do yes. we process the trade? Yeah. We made a mistake of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, all that, all those numbers are time sensitive and it, and it's hard because people want to see the move now, but with all the money that happens, all those trades, some of those trades don't, physically get official and other guys are signing because of the now we know rights why. that happened. Now we know and, why, because the finances now we, have, yeah. there, there are specific or orders to how those finances have to work in the NBA. And we learned right. all, a big lesson with that Anthony Davis situation, right? Well, that, and I mean, it was all about timing from the Lakers standpoint of it, whether he went on the sixth or he waited until the end of the month based on certain cap space that they would have. Same situation you're dealing with here is time sensitive of when things are true and not true. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the more you talked it out, I, I will agree that in Armstead's case, he would be considered an extension because the league year didn't quote unquote officially start. And like you said, if the contract is already in the system, then they're already treating it as such. So I'll go with that. All right. Fair enough. That's enough uh, shop talk here, I guess, to start this podcast, but Let's get to it. Um, I kind of I kind of mentioned we were going to go team by team, and if we do that, we have to start with the Arizona Cardinals because, mm. holy cow! I uh, I, I kind of knew that there were there was a wide receiver buzz picking up steam yesterday, and I actually put a tweet out this morning that basically said, "Here's eight or nine guys I think at least have a chance to move." 
And Hopkins was certainly one of them because you could just you could just smell that Houston was ready to to to, to, to turn some soil over again. You could just smell it. Um, and look, let's let's get it all out there. This is a this is a head coach running the show, um, and a guy who's been reactionary, impulsive. It, it, it sounds like this was a relationship issue between him and DeAndre Hopkins, and that's why this thing kind of went quick and cheap. I mean, that's being nice. I'm being nice with cheap. I I have to say, I, I'm going to restate my tweet. I, I know you saw it. This is not an official trade. It's David Johnson and two picks mm-hmm. for DeAndre Hopkins and a pick. It's not official until Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I have to imagine that there's at least one to 12 teams calling Houston right now saying, hey, we didn't even know this guy was available. Okay? And I'm assuming that. Maybe they did know. Maybe Bill O'Brien got on the horn and said, hey, this guy's going to be on the block. Name your price. Um, and certainly part of that price was we need a running back. So, <laughs> but oh, I can name you five teams right now that would love to give up their running back. So I, I, uh, I have to imagine that if, if Bill O'Brien didn't make this public to the, to the other GMs in the league prior to this move, that they are now on the phone with him basically saying, hey, what the hell? Let's talk. I've got two firsts or I've got three firsts or how about my 2021 for it, right? I mean, I, right. I, I have to imagine that, um, that there were a few GMs caught off by this. And I mean, you say one to 12 teams, I would say yeah. 31 teams should be out, 30 teams should be out, out there calling them yeah. just to, just to see. I mean, the list I mean, of teams it, that would trade a top wide receiver for a, for a low, low to middle running back is 32. That's that's how big the list is. It's just where the game is right now. So I understand Hopkins has had his up and downs and injuries and things like that, but he is a he's a game changer. Uh, so mm-hmm. I and you know I, I understand David Johnson had a year and he got paid handsomely because of it. But the the math doesn't lie. This is the tweet I've got out there. I'm sure a lot of you've seen it. They were the, the Houston Texans were set to pay DeAndre Hopkins twelve and a half million dollars this year, which is bonkers cheap. It's ten million dollars less than Julio Jones. They they now have to pay David Johnson eleven point two five million and oh by the way another two guarantees in a couple of weeks so I, I I that's just that's not good money for a running back I understand that it's an area they had to address they're certainly going to let you know Carlos Hyde walk it, it appears and and maybe they roll with Duke Johnson and David Johnson possibly maybe there's a draft pick coming hopefully I would I would, I would assume there's a draft pick coming but the, the math doesn't work. The trade compensation doesn't work. The swiftness of this doesn't work. Again, th- Hopkins had three years left in this deal. Even if he was saying, I'm underpaid and I'm, ha- I'm not happy about it, you don't have to sign that guy. He's got three years left on his deal. So I, this could have happened next year. So clearly the relationship with Bill O'Brien was not good. That's the report out there, and it, it makes a ton of sense if that's the reason. And this was get this guy out of here as soon as possible. So it, it, it feels a little Jalen Ramsey-ish, right? It, it just... Mm-hmm. At, the, at the end of the day, it's, well, I guess more so Antonio Brown, right? Uh, completely different character situation, but it just feels like Pitt, in that case, Pittsburgh was basically saying, we got to wash our hands of this, give me anything, and it was a mid-round pick. Uh, look, the Houston test Texans have traded Jadavian Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins in the past, what, 18 months? Not even No, not even 18 months, not even 12 months, and they have not got a first-round pick back for either of those moves. So call it what you want. And maybe David Johnson is a nice fit and he has a revival of his, of his career here and things work out great. I I can't see any path forward where Houston wins this trade. No, I agree with that. But on the flip side, give kudos to Arizona. Oh my goodness. (laughs) They, they, they see what they have in Murray and they're going all in right now because they know they've got him on a cheap contract. So they're, they're saying let's go, uh, so you got to give them kudos for sure. I mean, you pay him twenty million dollars a year now, right? You rip up the rest of this contract, Hopkins. You make him the cornerstone. Yeah. Off. I mean, you're going to have Larry, Larry Fitzgerald for the, for one final year. You like what you're seeing in Christian Kirk, but I think they're not one hundred percent sold on him yet. Uh, there's the Isabella kid is still probably a year away from breaking out, and he's your slot guy. Th- this is going to be your Larry Fitzgerald for the next X years. 
you make him happy, right? <laughs> you rip up the three years, you make him happy with whatever it takes. I think he values at about $20.7 on spot track right now. So, you know, you lock him in for five years uh, at that number, and he becomes the new, uh, the new air weapon for Kyler Murray going forward, right? Yeah, I, w- I would think so. And like I said, Murray is on your rookie scale contract. So you, now's the time to go all in and, and do exactly. that, rip that up. And what they have, they have 20 million in cap space for top 51 right now. So th- they have a little bit of space and can probably make some other moves outside of, you know, their draft picks and that kind of stuff. But I, I, if that if that's the case, yeah, rip it up, sign him lock them in for what you need to make them happy and then go from there. Yeah. And just the final thought on Arizona, uh, before we move on, they did transition tag Kenyon Drake before this trade, um, which is about 8.4 million, which is too much. That's too much cap for, for one year for a player, unless they really just want one more year to see what they have in him. But I would expect a multi-year extension coming, which would lower that cap and, and free up more space. Cause they do need to figure out some defensive moves. Uh, whether that's through the draft, although they did just forfeit two decent draft picks in this mo- in this trade, um, but they, I, I do think they have some defensive uh, stones to turn over here to, to complement this. Because as you said, uh, this is a big step forward offensively for Arizona, especially in year two of Kyler Murray when he's going to be cheap and a little bit more experienced. It's a home run for them, and even if it's even if it takes a year to get off the ground floor, I, like I said, I expect Hopkins to be the, the corner cornerstone offensive weapon for this franchise for the next four or five years. So uh, we'll give this one time, but I just can't see how Houston benefits the, from this at all. Even if the second round pick is a burner, right? Even if they go and get the next great wide receiver, which of course it's a draft loaded with them. Uh, financially speaking, of course they'll have less to less to deal with, but man, three years and 39 million remaining on DeAndre Hopkins. That's a pretty stinking good deal already. So it's uh, it's it was shocking. This was a big, big wow today. This, the biggest wow, by far. So, all right, let's get let's move on here. Falcons did did a number on the releases more so than the adding today. I think they're going to add probably in the next. Eh, I'd expect to probably a contract tonight or two, and then something big tomorrow because they do have to replenish things, and certainly they're going to try to do that mostly in the draft, but they won't be able to do it all in the draft. Uh, expected moves. They they released a couple of offensive linemen. They released unofficially released Desmond Trufant, which huge dead cap hit on that one. So again, they're really trying to rip the bandaid off here. And then the expected release of Devontae Freeman, the running back, which at one point in time, he was the highest paid running back in football. He was fourth or fifth now at about nine and a half million a year. And not, he couldn't even hold his weight to that. So it's, it's bad news right now for, uh, for running backs across the board. It's, it's a, uh, it's a tough spot to be in. And it, and it speaks more to he, how even incredible it was that Arizona was able to move that David Johnson contract. It's incredible. So I, I don't want to harp on it. Uh, any news on the Falcons you want to dive in here with? Uh, I mean, are, are they at a point where hmm. they need to trade Julio? I yeah. mean, let's just, I guess it's let's worth just talking let's about. put it out there. Yeah, he yeah, was on the list. There, he was on that list <laughs> of wide receivers I mentioned. He was on the bottom of the list because I don't think it's I mean, likely. Uh, but I've said it before on Twitter. I've said it on, on a couple of podcasts. It really depends on who they think they are. And this is one more step towards today. You know, today in the releases, we're one more step towards, uh, you know, are they ripping the Band-Aid off or are they trying to rebuild on the fly here? Matt Ryan's going well, nowhere. Well, I mean, they lost, <laughs> they, lo- they lost Hooper, but they got Hurst back. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, like you said, it, it, who, do they, who do they think they are? I mean, they could probably definitely get a first for Julio, maybe a first and a second or first and a third. Uh, oh, so oh, I think it'd be two firsts. Think so too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, see, I, I, I have to say this and I'm going to say this as a general statement. Now having seen eight hours worth of work here, I, I think every single contract and every single trade that's happened today has been undervalued every single one. <laughs> And I'm even, I really haven't even seen the numbers yet on this extension for DeForest Buckner in Indianapolis, which appears to be at $21 million. But if he's going to be your cornerstone defensive player, if he's your Khalil Mack, that's too low. The cap just jumped $10 million, right? So Mm -hmm. if, you know, if A plus B equals C and and our percentages all, all increase accordingly, then you can't be lower. You know, nobody should be lower. Austin Hooper. I knew he wasn't going to be a 
break the bank kind of tight end, but he had to go higher than $11 million a year. He just had to. The, uh, there's two or three tight ends, one of whom is franchise tagged right now in Hunter Henry, you know, and the others who, uh, if George Kittle gets extended, that's the one that really should push the bar. But I, I just, as a general statement, I want to say I, I, I haven't seen a contract where, where I basically said, man, that just seems like too much. And I'm including Byron Jones, who we'll get to, the, a massive cornerback contract for the Dolphins who did some real damage today. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even think that one scares people too much. I think that's where we all thought the cornerback market was going, right? $17, $18 million a year. So 16 and a half on a free agent contract seems fair. And fair isn't, fair isn't the word to use in free agency. At least it hasn't been in the past. So either there's a big transition happening and agents are settling to some degree uh, or, uh, you know, uh, the, the salary cap and the contracts and the negotiations and all these pieces aren't playing together right now. Something's off because you know, just like I do, that the cap went up 10 million this year. It might go up 25 next year. I think a right. lot of people expect that, but you're signing multi-year contracts that percentage wise still work for last year. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. So, so just as a general thought and statement before we get too deep into the numbers here, I, I haven't been blown away by anything yet. So I, I don't know if I will. I really don't know if I will until maybe a Mahomes extension comes. And I'm, but I'm ready for that too. <laughs> so uh, the only wow I had today was DeAndre Hopkins and what he didn't bring back to Houston. Any thoughts? I mean, no, you're sort of an innocent I, bystander here. You, you, don't, you don't have you know, your head this deep into the numbers as much as I do. So uh, I, yeah. I mean, did the Byron Jones deal stick out for you? Did, you know, did 21 million a year for Buckner, maybe a name you didn't even know that well, stick out a little bit? I, I think what's stuck out more for me, and we can get to them now or, or wait, but the fact that Miami is doing as much as they're doing right now, having, you know, tank for Tua last year, tank for Lawrence this year, well, or let's whatever. Stop right there. But, what are they doing with the quarterback, right? Right. Because they're I mean, building but, as if they're ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, they're, they signed, like you said, the big cornerback, the uh, inside linebacker with Van Noy. They have uh, defense fans with Shaq Lawson, who they got from – stole from Buffalo there. And then looks like we've got Eric Flowers. So, I mean, in, right now they, they've spent $202 million, uh, in value. So they, they must think they're ready to – to go or they have some plan to get a quarterback to go around these guys. So, I don't know. So, yeah. So let's, let's dive into this, by the way, let's run through these free agent numbers as we have them right now. Uh, projected free agent total value contracts right now. The dolphins lead the way with 202 million. It's a hundred million more than the Browns who are next. So that's what I mean when I say the dolphins have done some damage here. So Brown's about 102 million. Detroit's at about 50, the Giants at 45, and the Eagles at 39. That's your top five right there. Uh, and we'll continue to track this and really put some tweets to this because one thing I am noticing here, and I mentioned it to you before the show, Scott, it does appear that the guaranteed dollars are up, and in a lot of cases, way up. So that, that does seem to be a, a good sign for a lot of these contracts. Uh, and generally speaking, and I've mentioned a couple of the bigger ones, these deals are living in the three-year range, which you know I, I love. I, I, do, I hate mm -hmm. these five-year-plus deals, um, and I don't think we'll see too many more of those. So I, Yeah, the only, Byron Jones had the five. It'll be interesting to see yeah. his, his breakout to see if it's a true three or, or whatnot. So that'll be interesting to see with that. It sounds like Miami did $40 million over the first two years. So almost 50% of that contract is front-loaded to the first two years. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. I mean, that's the 49ers philosophy. Miami had a ton of space to work with. That's what you want to see. So let's stick there for just two minutes here because I, I want to answer your question, at least with my hypothesis. Um, what, their big trade last year was Ermie Tunzel. They got rid of their left tackle sort of recklessly, but pulled back a ton of draft compensation. You know, that's the way to do it. If you're going to rip a Band-Aid off, I mean, make sure it's worth your time. It was certainly worth their time, knowing what we know now about you know where this team is going. So, are they ready for a quarterback this year? I'm not sure because I'm not sure they've replaced that left tackle yet, which leads me to believe that that's what they're going to do with their first first round pick this year. They're going to tape the top tap top tap top. That's easier said than done. Top tackle off the board, 
to solidify this offensive line. They did add a piece today. They did add a ton to the defense. Generally speaking, that's the recipe for holding the fort down, right? If you're going to, if you're going to solidify your trenches, make a big cornerback splash, which is going to, it's going to, you know, add some levity to your roster. I would not be surprised, Scott, if this is Ryan Fitzpatrick's year. And this is a team that is just working towards Trevor Lawrence. They're going to, they're going to stockpile more draft compensation. They're going to be average or below average in 2020. And they're going to be in in the market, significant market for Trevor Lawrence in 2021 when they'll be roster ready for a quarterback, because I don't think they are right which, now. Which, which is what we've been saying for the last six months or, or so is build, build your core sure. and then bring in that quarterback Especially and the then trenches. And go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I do think that at least it, from the optics of Miami appear that they're going through a transitional year in 2020, getting some of these new faces together, building a bit of a core, and then they're going to drop a quarterback in there in 2021. That seems to be the path. And, and it's a good path. I'm, you know, will it work? Who, nobody ever knows, but that appears to be what they're on. Now I I'm likely to be completely hundred percent wrong and they move up in the draft and draft Tua, but <laughs> it does appear that that's what they're doing just based on some of these signings right now. All right. A couple of more. I mentioned the Browns. You might as well just dive right into Cleveland here. Boy, I don't feel as good about their splashes as I do about Miami's. Do you agree? I mean, have you seen some of the players they brought in here? I like the players and I understand the connection, especially to a few of them. You got to remember this is a young front office now, uh, really analytical driven, a lot of connections to other teams in the league. I, I'm just a little concerned. I like the Jack Conklin move. I think he was a really nice piece to Tennessee's success last year on the right side of the line. And I was actually expecting that deal to be north of 15 million a year. So to get him at 14 million where there were, I think six or seven bidders for him, at least that's obviously a win. Um, Case Keenum, I get it. I, I think we all get that one, right? The, the, uh, the new head coach for Cleveland was the Minnesota coach for Case Keenum when they had that ridiculous run. So you mm-hmm. understand the connection there, and that's a nice veteran piece to put behind Baker. Fine. No big deal. Six million a year, that's perfect for backup quarterbacks right now. In fact, you might argue that's 2019's number for backup quarterbacks, and maybe they should be paid eight, nine to ten million now, knowing that there's a forty million dollar quarterback on the horizon, right? I mean, at some point, everything's got to push forward. You can't just have uh, you, you, you can't just have a, a quarterback making forty and a backup quarterback making three. When we live in a world where if 17 games exist, you know, does the average quarterback play 12? I don't know. It's that's just life in the NFL right now. So I do expect that number to increase eventually, these backup numbers. And then Austin Hooper, you mentioned him ten and a half million a year, four years, forty two million dollars. It sounds like about half guaranteed. It's fine. It's fine. It's just there were definitely multiple suitors. And I know Green Bay was involved and Chicago was involved. The Giants were involved. So uh, the Jets, excuse me, not the Giants, the Jets. So when you've got four teams involved and it's a market that needed to be reset, that just seems low to me. And, and oh, by the way, are we sure Austin Hooper is a phenomenal pass-catching tight end? Guess jury's out still. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, he did a lot of damage in garbage time for a bad Falcons team. That's the way right. I look at it. Mm-hmm. Right. Nice player. I, th- I think he may swing more towards a versatile tight end versus a playmaking tight end. You know, he's whereas whereas Kittle can do everything very, very well. He's he's really the, the next version of Gronk for a lot of reasons. But I, I just I, I wonder how much of a pass catching weapon Austin Hooper can be. So 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 maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is exactly where he should be priced because they're not going to utilize him, you know, two, three times a drive. We'll see. But that one stood out a little bit. Um, other than that, is Cleveland yeah, I mean, done? it's interesting I, I that they... It, Go ahead. I, I, I think it's interesting that they brought him in. They must not be in love with Njoku. I mean, a lot yeah. of people were high on him when they drafted him. They must not be uh, super sold on him. So I guess I can see them trying to bring in that tight end because we've seen the George Kittles and Travis Kelsey's and maybe they saw something analytically that they can bring in and, and help on their end with, with Baker and, and those other pieces. But, uh, I agree it, it, 
his 10 and a half AAV probably should have pushed it a little more, like you said, with the cap, but maybe next year we'll see a super reset on some of these values. Yeah, but I hate, I hate that it has to wait. I hate that it has to wait. Oh, I do too. This isn't like the NBA where everything is percentage based from the cap. We just, we we think of it that way because it's a smart way to think of it, right? Incremental increase. Um, But like I said, it just, I look at these numbers today on this, on this free agent tracker and I see a lot of numbers I saw last year. That's what I see. I, nothing really blows me away. I mean, even Javon Hargrave, a, a talented defensive tackle, who there's not a chance in heaven that Pittsburgh could have afforded. They can't even afford their current roster. I mean, I mean, the second they tagged Bud Dupree this morning, they had to cut three guys, and one had to retire. I mean, that's, that's how bad a shape they were in. So I, you knew he was gone, and you still got him for $13 million? I, I It's great. It's great for Philadelphia. I mean, that's going to be a ridiculous defensive line in Philadelphia right now. But I, I'm just going to reiterate that these numbers don't stand out at all. I think Jack Conklin was worth 15. I think Austin Hooper should have at least got to 12 because I think Kittle wants to get to 15, 16. I think George Kittle is going to claim he's a second-tier wide receiver right now, and he's, he needs to be paid like it. So if that's where things are going, then these numbers don't stand out very well. So I'm not going to harp on maybe, that too much longer. But but maybe those numbers will sh- will – stick out a little bit more once some of these marquee free agents come. Maybe some teams are, they're waiting in the wind here to see where some of these quarterbacks land or what's going to go on. And then the numbers may shift. Some of these guys may be just, I got to get on a team now before the flood hits and all the cap space dries up on some of these teams. I thought that too, Scott, but I I go down the list of available players and I just, I don't know who's going to break that bank. All right. I mean, I don't think Brady's gonna. I'm I'm positive Breeze won't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm pretty positive Philip Rivers won't. Now Clowney's different. I, I I don't love him over 20 million, but I understand if somebody goes there. So that one should be a, a, a sizable contract. But other than that, Dante Fowler's gonna be in your teens. I, it's just a lot of solid players we just didn't have yeah and it's it goes to the point of our initial conversation here which was we had a lot of teams keep their own we had a lot of teams even at the final hour here say all right let's just get this done there's there's players that we really can't part ways with uh let's get this done so i spent a lot of the morning really locking in a bunch of these extensions i'm going to call them extensions now by the way (laughs) yeah yeah no if we if, if we go with those extensions i mean We've got 53 of those extensions already for $770 million. In 2020? Signed. For this 2020, yeah. I've got our off-season tool up and running here. Nice. And uh, so you got 53 already with those extensions. Obviously, we got tomorrow and up till 4 p.m. on uh, Wednesday. Um, but the quote-unquote free agent signings were up to, what, 600 and uh, – Almost six hundred six hundred thousand for six hundred million, uh, yeah, six six hundred twenty-four million. So yeah, well, we'll be we'll be, we'll be approaching a billion, I imagine, at some point here, which is not uncommon for this league. But again, I think we're a little low. I just I think if I if I interviewed 10, 10 people around the league, you know, front office people, agents, blah blah blah, I think you I think they'd agree with me. I think these are fine contracts for the most part, and I think teams are winning right now. <laughs> I do have to say, you mentioned the guaranteed. I mean, right now, based on the 22 players that have signed, the total guaranteed percent is at 55%. I know that'll go down. Yeah, that's last nice. year. Last last year ended up around 46, 47%. So if that number can stay up north of that, I think that that's a positive. Is for that sure. just free agents? Yeah, just free agents. I compared. Yeah. This year's to the 2019 uh, money, and so let's talk. Ho- about, hopefully, uh, you can stay. Let's flip the switch to extensions quickly and talk about some guarantees because uh, we had the pleasure of uh, of have of another Kirk Cousins extension today. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow, I mean, wow, right? Just another wow. Yeah. And if he, uh, this one might be a little bit tougher to understand, so I want to hash it out a little bit on here. The uh, it's a two-year, $66 million extension. That's new money, two new years. He already had $30 million allocated to the previous contracts. You're going to roll that over. They converted that to a signing bonus, so he's going to make that this year. And 
You're going to toss in an extra $10 million this year, so $40 million this year for, for Kirk Cousins. Here's how this works. The next two years are fully guaranteed. Right, right now, automatically, fully guaranteed. He's got a $35 million salary in 2022, which is going to lock in next March. So this time next year, he will have $76 million of dead cap on his contract. So completely unmovable. Completely unmovable. So the this guy's going to reel in another 66, another $96 million over the next three years. He's going to have almost $200 million of career earnings after 2022, and he will be 34 years old. Mm. I mean, if, if, it, if it all blows up Minnesota over the next two seasons, this guy can hit the open market, go to a team that needs a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, and completely cash in again when the cap might be $320 million, <laughs> right? I mean, the numbers yeah. at that point are going to be NBA numbers, and, and then some, if everything goes correctly and these TV, this TV money really does kick in. So, again, short and sweet and fully guaranteed for Kirk Cousins. I cannot hammer this point enough. This is not the best quarterback in football. Why is he the only one doing this? I, I, no, uh, his his yeah. agent, I've had conversations with his agent. We've had him on the show. Uh, we will have him on the show in the next couple of weeks. I know he's a busy guy right now signing more and more players here. But this guy just gets it. He gets I, – I think there's, a, there's an NBA background to this agency. They understand how this thing works. Quarterbacks are as gold as superstar NBA players. They're not, not going to get the contract. So if they have high demands, they're going to get met, right? Right. And I'm looking at the breakdown here. 2022, you, you see $45 million cap hit. But yeah, no like deal. you said, that that could be no big deal depending on what happens with that cap. If it goes up astronomical, like some may predict, well, that too- 45 might just be the, the same percentage as the $21 million hit right now. It's twofold. That, right? If the, if the, if the salary cap is where we expect it to be, that should be an uh, uh, above average cap it. Not, not a crazy cap it, just an above average cap it. And... If things are going well in Minnesota, by the way, they do exactly what they did just now. They, they restructure, tack on two more years, tack on a ridiculous you know, number, maybe not fully guaranteed at that age, but still, all that's in play, right? It's either they can handle the $45 million in two years because the cap is rising as such, or it's a perfect candidate for that $35 million salary to be restructured, converted into a new contract, and they go on from there. It's, it, it's a... It's an extended version of what Tom Brady has done his entire career. This is Tom Brady's model, only it's $10 million less every contract. That's, that's the easy answer here. That's how this was, has worked for Brady. He doesn't sign five-year contracts. He signs two- to three-year contracts, extensions, right, tax on to the final year of a current contract, which gives him a signing bonus, which allows the team cap flexibility, keeps his cash flow pretty normalized. Again, not elite, but normalized. And life goes on. It's, it's brilliant stuff. So I, I wanted to give it a, a decent amount of time here because it's going to get pushed under the rug a little bit with, with some of these other big, big numbers and the trades that are coming, of course. And we're only in day one of this moratorium, so who knows what's coming tomorrow or as we speak. I'm, I'm trying not to look. Uh, but this one was, this was a good one. This was another solid, strong contract for Kirk Cousins, who, like I said, is going to be a $200 million man sooner rather than later here. Okay, what else? Yeah. I'm going gonna, gonna to push back to you here. What, what else stood out for you today? Because I know kind of where my head bobbed up and down, but what else stood out for you as this day kind of, kind of moved on? Mm. I, I think the, the amount of movement. I mean, it was one thing after another. As soon as 12 o'clock hit, we saw the, the franchise tag stuff come out. Um, want to talk about that? I, I, 14 tags. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I threw you some numbers doing some, some research for you. And I mean, the amount of f- franchise tags, I saw what one transition tag was thrown out there. Yeah. Um, a little bit of everything I today, mean, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in there, there's been a handful of players that have played on the, the franchise tag Kirk Cousins obviously we just talked sure. about him he played on his but I mean we're, we're seeing uh, a, lo- a lot of uh, I don't know if it's 
teams that are quote unquote going to abuse this franchise tag, or they're truly going to use it how it's supposed to be intended. And the fact that they're just place holding it and they're going to extend these guys yeah. time will tell, but I mean, so let's give it some justice. Saw- Cause I, I tweeted about this too today and, and kind of my mirage of rants. Um, let's be fair. Let's be a little fair to this because it, a lot's happened in the past couple of days. Right. So the, the, the CBA being ratified, changing a lot of the rules, uh, you know, GMs were sort of on hold with a little bit of this stuff. I, I, I don't imagine that stopped them from negotiating. I don't think the Cowboys and Dak Prescott were waiting for the CBA to actually discuss further numbers. I think this was fluid, but any kind of, uh, any kind of, uh, my guess is this between the, the COVID-19 situation and the mess that the country's in, the CBA being ratified, all the back and forth with the NFL of are we even going to have free agency right now? Uh, the cap just came out 18 hours ago, not even 18 hours ago, the, the actual league cap number, which was lower than projected, which that may have caused some people to pause a little bit. The, to me, there were just a lot of, a lot of factors in play that slapping a franchise tag this year specifically was just the easy way out. So I'm going to give them a little bit of a, a little bit of a pause on the number of tags we saw because it's somewhat historic. 14 franchise tags, one transition tag, and I, I'll kick it back to you because I don't think we're done with a lot of these players. One of the things I think we're about to see is maybe half of these tags get traded, get flat out traded, tag and trade. We saw two of them last year, and it worked out really well for both sides. Uh, if I go down this list of franchise tags, I think Chris Jones is a trade candidate. I think Bud Dupree is a trade candidate. I think AJ Green should be a trade candidate. I'm not positive about Derrick Henry. I think if I had to guess on Derrick Henry, it's more likely they get a deal done with him and they don't screw around with too much. I think Joe Thune is a, is a trade candidate with New England. Uh, Deck is not a trade candidate. He's on an exclusive tag. Hunter Henry, maybe. Yannick Ngaku, for sure, wants to get the heck out of Jacksonville. Matt Judon, for sure, is a tag-and-trade candidate. Baltimore have basically said that. That's maybe more than half, right? That's maybe, that's maybe three-fourths of these tags are at least going to be considered for trades. So while I'm a, I'm a big advocate of don't abuse this tag, I think there's logical reasons for why many of these players were tagged. And I think the biggest takeaway will be that this was a tag and trade placeholder, not a tag and sign placeholder. So if that's where we're going, I'm not sure that's good for the league. <laughs> what do you think? Um, it's a bit abusive, right? Sort of. Like I your, mean, your I guess the contract if- is done with me, but I'm going to put this fake thing on you so that I can get something back for you. That, 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 that doesn't seem right. Part of me wants to say that you shouldn't be able to trade a franchise tag. Right. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I guess in a way I, I transition it to be similar to the sign and trade with the NBA where they can sign the player and get something back. So is that a better uh, approach? Because that's not what this is. If, if Chris Jones gets tagged in trade, that $16 million franchise tag has to go to the new team and they have to deal with it one way or another. Yeah, but the team still has to, when they sign them in a, as a sign and trade, they still have to take on the cap that is being signed. They're just circumventing using the rights to not have to use quote unquote cap space to sign those free agents outright. So in this case, it's a team they're, they're I would say they're being kind of smart if they, oh, no question. If they can work out, if they can work out a deal then awesome. No but if not, and they can get something back, maybe they get a first and a second or whatever they get back for said player, then, okay, we'll just reset and maybe find the next one at a cheaper price. So in a way, I, it, it, so it's a chess, it's again, a chess I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate again here, Scott. Let's say, let's take Chris Jones because I think it's, he's a pretty good candidate here because He's probably two years due for a contract at this point based on what he's done for, for Kansas City. 
here's the devil's advocate side of this. He has absolutely no choice where he goes. Now, you can say he can't be traded until he signs the tag, so he's got to be at least happy with the team that he's going to in order to sign that tag. Otherwise, he's not just going to play. But that's that's what we saw. That's that was Le'Veon Bell, right? They tried to trade him. He didn't. He either didn't want to be traded, or he didn't like where he was being traded to. But he refused to sign that tag, and he didn't make a lick. He didn't make a lick of money. That's that's the alternative the player has. So you can say that there's some leverage because they have to sign it to be able to actually be traded. But he's not. Chris Jones isn't available right now. He's not available, and if and if Kansas City isn't willing to go twenty-two million a year for Chris Jones, you know, if the number is seventeen million, and that's their firm ceiling, he's totally stuck because he will refuse to play on that tag. He will refuse to be to sign that tag for unless it's two or three teams that he really wants to go to, who he, who he knows will pay him twenty-two million. It's a bad, it's a bad, messy situation, and I just think. If we, if, we, if we stop the ability for tags to be tradable, it would be less of a weapon for the team. and right Because that's what it is right now. It's a weapon. It's not good for the player. Sometimes it's good for the player. Sometimes. Uh, I think Leonard Williams is making a, a, out a ton with this $17 million tag, especially on a one-year prove-it deal. Same goes for Brandon Scherf. I think $15 million for a one-year tag is nice. I think he'll get a long, long-year contract anyway, but... Some of these players, it's beneficial. But I think this list specifically, because of how many players could be traded, that, that's a weapon. That's a weapon for, for a losing team to say, nah, not so fast. You, right. We're not going to let you go out and pick, just pick whoever you want to go to and get as much money as possible. We're going to get our piece of the pot, and we're going to send you where we all agree is the right spot for you. That stinks. Oh. That's, oh. That's, that stinks. Or in, in some instances, maybe they look at, and we've already talked about him once, Kirk Cousins. I mean, he got tagged, tagged again, and look at what it's done for him. Obviously, being a quarterback, it's a slightly different kind of conversation than being a defensive end or a, a linebacker. But yeah, yeah, but life didn't get, didn't get good for him until he hit the open market. True, true. <laughs> but he, but he, he, he weathered the storm and, and, and just went with it. He got... He got that 100% guaranteed salary two years in a row. He was on a team that was less than stellar. And he he showed that he could keep keep and play with players that – He was good enough. What you're you're trying to say is he was good enough to keep getting paid. And you're right. right. That's a lot easier for a quarterback to do in a lot of instances. If if you're – I mean – You've had the, the one out of all these players with the franchise tag, the one that I was kind of shocked with and it was AJ Green. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm AJ Green, I'm signing that franchise tag for seventeen point eight million after what has transpired over the last few years. You sign that instantly and lock that in. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you were on the free agent market, I don't know if you're gonna get 17 a year from any team for what he's produced. So, I mean, I think yeah. if any of them, he, he's one that absolutely has to sign that as soon as he can do so. All right. I broke, uh, I broke the rules and I looked at Twitter. So uh, a couple of updates because I really want to, I don't want to go too much longer here, but I do want to get on one more player. So Marcus Mariota apparently is going to become the backup quarterback in Las Vegas, which oh, interesting. sounds like Derek Carr stays. We think, um, okay, so that's one less cog on the quarterback wheel, right? Here's the name I want to talk about. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've seen that. <laughs> it, it appears today was a big day for Carolina for me. If Carolina made three, three, three big releases today, then we kind of knew where they were going. They didn't do it. They made a couple of small releases and they've made a couple of mid-level signings. So I, I, I kind of think they're in Falcons land where they just want to see what they have one more time. And they're going to try to rebuild this thing on the fly in 2020. And maybe if the wheels fall off, then they tank it down and trade everybody away at the deadline. But it sounds like they're not lying that they're going to give Cam Newton the chance to be the quarterback in 2020. And they're going to try to build around him. Um, so that was a landing spot for me. That was a Teddy Bridgewater landing spot. I no longer think that. 
is what is where I'm getting at. I, I, for reasons we already discussed, I don't think Miami's a landing spot for him. We know Tennessee's not. The Chargers are definitely still in. And, and I'm going to put two teams in front of you for, for Teddy Bridgewater. I'm going to put, sorry, I got to put three. The Chargers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think, are in the exact same situation. It's Tom Brady or Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Is that possible? Yeah, I think that's possible. I mean, we've... we've Can I go a step third heard, further? Is it possible Yeah, that who's your third team? No, no. Is it possible that for those two teams, it's Tom Brady, then Teddy Bridgewater, then Jameis Winston? Mm, uh, I don't see Winston in the Chargers, but really crazier things have happened. Um, Yeah. Because think about it. If if Brady goes to Tampa Bay, let's say, I, I would imagine that that would leave Bridgewater or Dalton to New England, correct? Yeah, I would agree with that. Seems I think like that's it. I, I think Dalton mm-hmm. is either Chicago or New England now. To me, that makes the most sense. Those are the two teams. I, I think then it's Bridgewater to New England, possibly, or it's Bridgewater to the team that doesn't get Tom Brady, which would be L.A. Chargers or Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm still within the mindset that Phillip Rivers is going to Indy, but if not, I'm putting Indy in this conversation with, this, with, with Tampa Bay and, and, and the Chargers. And it's possible that these three teams are all kind of vying for these three, four quarterbacks, and they've got their rankings, right? Brady, Winston, Bridgewater, right. Dalton. Um, still super interesting. We, we know nothing more it about is. that. We know nothing new about that part of the quarterback situation at all. Uh, the only quarterback that really made some damage today was Taysom Hill, who got a first-round tender from New Orleans. They weren't lying. They are giving him $4.5 million this year to back up and – and do all those crazy things on the field with Drew Brees, who, oh, by the way, let me get this in, has about 40, 40 <laughs> hours left to get a contract done before $21 million of dead cap kicks in. So I said this was going to happen. This has happened his last two contracts, that they take it right down to the freaking wire. And, I mean, last year, the, two years ago, it went into free agency. He didn't even get a contract. He actually became a free agent, and then they had to re-sign him. So I... Uh, I can't imagine it happens. There's a lot of smart people in New Orleans. They do things right, but uh, I don't understand what's taking so long. I mean, we've heard rumors that he's not taking top of the market money. What is it? I don't know what that means. Does that mean 30, not 33? I, I don't know. But uh, it just doesn't seem like they should be screwing around with this right now, especially when there are other holes to fill. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll like you said, it, it, it's one string pulls another right now, and yeah, which which. We're going to see a domino effect as soon as one goes. I think you're going to see the rest trickle in pretty quickly behind. I mean, I know you said this earlier offline when I said this, but uh, I mean, one of the rumors, speaking of quarterbacks, was you know, Nick Foles getting traded to the Bears. I mean, what? I don't even know if this is worth our conversation. Uh, all right, that's fine. No, 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 I, it is. Of course, it is. It's it's juicy. I mean, I. I, it is. Why would I, I just Bears think choose that over Dalton. I, I I bring it up because we've never had so much quarterback conversation for free agency. Yeah. Usually there's no quarterbacks, yeah, but, and I mean it's just been awesome. But Scott, we we we've talked about these nine or ten quarterbacks for six months now. There's no we way. Have. There's no chance that Nick Foles should be allowed in this conversation with his contract situation and his quite quite frankly his productive ranking versus these other quarterbacks, right? I mean, he's the bottom of this list. <laughs> and yet here we are day one of the moratorium. Yeah. And there's, the, there's the bears at least showing interest in him and his ridiculous contract. It's, I mean, is there, is there a chance that Teddy Bridgewater goes to Chicago or something like that, where it's a team that you don't even, you don't is off the radar right now, or yeah. is that even not even a conversation? No, no, I, I, there's a world, and we kind of laid it out, that, like I said, there's kind of teams jockeying for position here. There's a world where Teddy Bridgewater is just another backup quarterback. And I was hoping that wasn't going to be the case. Like I said, I thought, I thought Carolina was going to really take a shot at him and to be their next version of Cam Newton, you know, a little less mobile Cam Newton. Uh, 
Doesn't appear to be the case. Like I said, I think Carolina's staying pat. So teams are dwindling. And I, I, now that we know that Mariota is, is Las Vegas bound, that was a logical Chicago move, Marcus Mariota and Mitch Trubisky. So maybe this is just reactionary. Maybe they got, got word that they were out of Mariota, and now they're kind of looking at the other options. Dalton, one of them. Nick Foles yeah. shouldn't be, but apparently is one of them. And, of course, I think if, if starting jobs fall out of Teddy Bridgewater's lap, then, of course, Chicago's a great spot for him. But to me, it, it's going to take a couple of teams to get there. All right. Okay. Uh, just quickly, I look back at a couple of years of total value free agency here. 2018. Two point six billion. Twenty nineteen, two point eight billion. And what we, what do we say? About six hundred and twenty four million right now in twenty twenty. I'm not sure we're yeah, gonna get there, look, Scott. Probably probably a little bit more with some of these deals I'm seeing here as of right now, but yeah, yeah I know. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna get there. I, I just think it's it, it's a down year. Now look, uh Brady and Breeze might go for hundred million each, three for thirty three, right? So yeah. that that would be a dent. But two point yeah, clown, eight billion. Clowny in there. Clowny, yeah, there's a couple of names for sure, but I just I'm not sure we're gonna get to the uh, the two almost three billion point. But crazier things have happened. But it, that would go to my point that I think these contracts are fair, too fair. So I'll keep an eye on that. We're gonna be back soon, possibly tomorrow, to re- recap if uh, you know if it's anything like right. it was today. We'll, we'll we'll just continue to do this until we can't talk anymore. But. Uh, any questions, hit us up at Twitter, info at spotchart.com if you've got a long-form question or comment for the site. A uh, couple of things on the site I want to point out. Scott's done some great work of late. One of the things we've added to our rankings, our top salary ranking tool, the percentage of contract, the, the, the average salary percentage versus the league salary cap for that year. It's one of those things we talk about all the time. So, for instance, in terms of quarterbacks right now, the top percentage of league cap is Aaron Rodgers, who got almost 19% of the league cap with his latest extension in Green Bay. Those kind of numbers are going to matter a lot more as the salary cap really starts to increase. It's been a $10 million kind of uniformly the past couple of years, so it really has kind of been a, a, a boring thing to say because generally speaking, the contracts have risen with it. But if we do have a big jump in salary cap next year in terms of the league cap and Watson and Mahomes are sitting there waiting to pounce. These numbers are going to make a lot of sense. You're going to want your quarterback getting 20% of the league cap. Uh, you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to start to see these running backs down under 5%. It's just, that's just life. Um, so we'll see. There's a, that, that, to me, that's a really nice addition to the website because the, we're going to be talking to that more and more and to have a, a, a nice list that you can filter by team and by position really quickly is uh, is going to be a nice vice for us to use when we're talking and writing articles and things like that. So feel free to check that out. Uh, from a player's perspective, like I mentioned, the CBA is now ratified. We're in the new version of the CBA, which means the dead, dead cap situation is back to post-June 1st designations. Teams can use it. Any move that processes after June 1st will have a split in dead cap. When you go to the player page and you click the X next to a, to a player's year, you will now see the full breakdown of information, what it costs to trade them now, to release them now, or trade release them after June 1st. We've got all those numbers back up because, it, again, it does qualify for 2020. And then one more thing. The, we, we, we obviously have our transaction lawyer. We've had that since the, since the start. Recently, we've added an expanded transactions tool. Okay? It's, it's NFL slash transactions slash grid if you're on the website. It's a really great tool. What it does is it takes the transactions and it puts them in table format, shows you the numbers, you know, the total value of things, some of the information, the breakdown information, but then also if somebody's released, how much cap, cap space was saved by the team. If somebody retires, same thing. Trade money, how much is going back and forth in, in situations like that. Um, it's just a really nice visual breakdown for the financial side of how these transactions lay out in one uniform table. So you can filter that as well. So just a couple of things we've added. And then Scott mentioned it before. Our off-season tool is now available for 2020 in the NFL. You can see, you can keep up with who is signing extensions, free agent contracts, when the draft contracts are signed. Those will all be a part of it. And you'll be able to see the total numbers of how teams are spending their money and their cap and their guaranteed dollars this off-season. So plenty to look at. We're going to keep up with this literally the second I sign off. 
So any questions at SpotTrek on Twitter. I want to thank Scott Allen. I want to th- thank The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash SpotTrek, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for 40% off your subscription. Hey, there's nothing to watch right now, so you might as well read something, right? $2.99 a month. You can't go wrong. Theathletic.com slash SpotTrek. They're cranking away a ton of articles. Like I said, already grading these trades, already grading these contract signings. They're doing a ton of great work right now on a lot of the numbers we're putting out up at SpotTrek on the site. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to the Spot Track Podcast.